it's almost like a universe, like a collective shadow work. We're all looking deep into these dark parts of ourselves, acknowledge all the horrible things that have happened, acknowledge the ways that we've been oppressing people for years, and make a concerted effort. Welcome to the Like-Minded Podcast with your host, Jenna Shimon. My goal is to share insights and information through real-life experiences and conversations between me and different guests. We talk all things spiritual, psychological, and everything in between. Hello and thank you for tuning in. Here's a quick overview of what today's guest and I were talking about. Hi everyone, I'm super excited that you are back to listening to this episode. This is another connection that was created because of Imani, aka the Hood Healer. In this episode, I say it's the fourth, but actually Tabby was the third person and I decided to share this episode before sharing the other one. But when you listen to the last episode, you know that my guest there, Teresa, is also a person I got introduced to because of Imani. So I just wanted to voice my gratitude for Imani. I feel so, so expanded by her and all the amazing people she shares on her platforms. So Imani, thank you. You had and have a great impact on my life. And so does every person that I invite into this space. Therefore, Tabby, my guest in the episode today, impacted me just as much. So let's get into it. Tabby and I are talking about how the world is kind of having a tantrum and that it seems like it's a collective shadow work phase we are in, how the pandemic is part of this and where change needs to happen in our point of view. We're talking about how Black Mirror and The Matrix are really documentaries and not just fictional stories for our entertainment. Obviously, human design was a topic again, and so much more. Also, just as a little disclaimer, here and there the sound is not the best because of the distance and the connection, but I hope you can still enjoy this episode. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Hello, Tabby. Hello. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm good as well. It's evening over here for you. It's still <laughs> during the day, right? So yeah, yeah, I'm good. I had an amazing day. How about you? I did as well. You know, I'm. It's a conscious choice to have a good day sometimes. So mm -hmm. you know, feeling a little fatigue, have some uh, issues going on, but. I'm alive and I'm here and enjoying the beautiful sunny day. Amazing. I usually start my podcast with one question and uh, you can answer it however you want. Like it doesn't have to be political or religious or whatever, but what comes to mind when I ask you, what do you believe in? Huh? That's a really good question. My beliefs change all the times about specific things, mm -hmm. but I, I've always believed that, you know, humanity has the capacity for great good. I've always believed that. And I think that's what fuels a lot of my fire and sometimes uh, perceived frustration. Because mm -hmm. I believe we're so good and we have so much potential. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, no one is really using it. Not no one, but like 
a lot. Yeah. But I can, I also kind of understand why, you know, it's scary to realize that you are powerful mm -hmm. <laughs> because now you're accountable for that power. Yeah. You know, so um, I think seeing your potential is a beautiful thing, but it's also a kind of scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. I sometimes just ask myself, do the, like the masses actually see their potential? We just talked like before we started recording, we just talked about like working for someone else and the masses are still doing it. So like that just also gives me a feeling of questioning. Do they actually know their potential when they are mm. still working for someone else? Right. I think there's a concerted effort to convince us that we don't have any potential. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the unexpected consequence of the Internet is that people are learning a lot more about themselves, interestingly mm -hmm. enough, you know, mm -hmm. it's, um, I think it was always meant to be used as this mass distraction, which it definitely, you know, acts as, but it really has sparked a lot of alternative community and um, a lot of ancient knowledge, actually, it, people are finding through the internet. So I think that no matter what happens, humanity will see its potential it's just, can we overcome the roadblocks blocking us from that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think, it's, I think it's possible. The more I like uh, see, you know, this generation of young people, the more hope I have with every generation of young people, because, you know, we're, we're always going to become more capable and smarter as generations continue. Um, and I'm more hopeful than ever about that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I was just talking about that the other day with a friend that I really have a lot of trust and hope in the younger generation. And when, when I say um, the younger generation, I mean like the the kids that are around like, I don't know, 18 to 22, maybe even 25. It's just yeah. crazy how aware they are of themselves, of their mm -hmm capabilities but also of their trauma and of their trauma responses and all of that like I was not closely as aware of myself when I was that age I totally agree with you I I mean I was just kind of floating along in the world and you know in a sense it was simpler I guess but you know I I worked with kids for a long time I was a nanny for a long time Mm. And um, working with kids just opened my eyes to how perceptive and smart children are and how little credit we give them for that. Um, but they see and hear everything. It's amazing because I don't remember being so perceptive as a kid. Not, not for world events, for, you know, family dynamics and friendship groups. I was aware in that sense. But on the, you know, on the macro, I had no clue what was going on. Yeah. But I think you, you just pointed out the internet and I think this is exactly like the pivot product, the pivot thing that, that makes this possible. On the one hand, like you also said, it's like really just to distract us from everything. It's mm -hmm. like the media in an even more complex, potential evil way. But at the same time, on the other hand, it has the potential of so much wisdom mm. and I think like if I just think about 
how easy it is to also, I don't know, potentially having a conflict with someone about a topic where the one person is saying like, oh yeah, I heard this and that. And the other person is saying like, no, but as far as I know, it's like that. And then you can literally just grab your phone and Google it and solve it and write that moment, right? That's just mm -hmm. insane. Like when you think about, I don't know, 40 years ago, you would have had to like go into the library to take out a book to find out about that topic, right? So yeah, yeah it's, it's, I think this is, um, th th the internet just has really the potential with the affinity of the youth that the world is able to change. I see that as well. And I, I think there's a lot of innovation that's, you know, not being highlighted on the parts of young people. Um, mm -hmm. Because I, I think that the argument against this generation and the internet is that it's uh, the low attention span thing. Mm -hmm. But the way I see it, being able to juggle multiple concepts at once allows you to make connections, you know? And so having a high attention span for one topic is great if you're seeking to master the one topic. Mm -hmm. But I see kind of more of that jack of all trades energy being embraced. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that young people now are exposed to many different schools of thought in an instant, and they're integrating that into themselves. And I, the point, I think, of being here of humanity is to continuously evolve. So to, to criticize the youth in their new ways is silly because we can't pretend that the old ways have always worked or are continuing to work. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah I think the internet, is I mean, of course it's revolutionary, you know, that goes without saying. <laughs> Yeah, but that's that's like everything that is revolutionary has the potential for change, right? Like it always has to be change always happens when something extreme is happening. Like mm -hmm. even if you look back into history, right? Like every time something in humanity changed, it was because there was something extreme happening before that, that changed everything that just like changed the course of life, because it mm -hmm. was something that just shook everyone. And this is happening right now as well like and corona the pandemic all of that is part of it because mm -hmm. so many people were actually set down on their asses having to confront themselves right in the beginning of 2020 or throughout summer of 2020 i think so many people were never they never had so much time on their hands to spend mm -hmm. on themselves. So th there must have been so many people where, I mean, me included, where things were coming up that they were able to look at for the first time. And this is also what brings the entire change. And this is, I think also, besides the internet, obviously, part of why the youth is just so much further in their evolution than we were in that age. I agree I can't imagine being a kid now you yeah. know all this kind of I mean it's it's a global trauma in a lot of ways mm -hmm. you know um and much like everything some people suffered and some people learn new ways to thrive um it's just so funny to me because 
right before it all started, everyone I knew was at this breaking point where we were like, I don't know if I can continue like this, exhausted, um, overworked, underpaid. And, you know, all of a sudden everything stops and some people use that as an opportunity to kind of blossom into themselves. Other people use it as an opportunity to hold on even tighter. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting to me. And I can see the reasoning behind both approaches, you know, but to, to say that everything was, you know, sunshine and rainbows before this and that we have to go back to it. It's just, it's so silly to me. Yeah. I think is that the silliest part is, you know, convincing ourselves that everything was great before and let's go right back. Cause we should never aim to go backwards. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. That's also the biggest point for me where I'm just like, do you even listen to yourself when you say that? Like, mm-hmm. let's go back to how it was before. Like who wants that? Nothing was working. A lot of things are still not working. Um, even more things are, I think, more extreme now because of the fear that all of this brought up, right? But this is why I also think that this is a pivot point in history and we are in the midst of writing history. Again, because whenever something changed, something extreme was happening before that. And I think we are still in this extreme phase And it's just yeah. getting more extreme and extremer and extremer. And then at some point, it just has to pivot. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think has to happen for it to pivot? Awareness. Mm-hmm. Mass awareness. Um, it reminds me so much of... So when you work with uh, kids, especially little ones, one of the biggest things you learn is that all behavior is communication. everything is an attempt to communicate and I feel like with you know as it keeps ramping up it's almost like the world having a tantrum like can you see me yet can you see me yet can you see what's happening yet and the more people go nope 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 let's just go back Mm. the more the world is like no I, I have to be heard and um I think it's going to take the majority of people it's almost like a universe, like a collective shadow work. Yeah. We're all looking deep into these dark parts of ourselves and having to look at them and acknowledge, you know, all the horrible things that have happened, acknowledge the ways that we've been oppressing people for years, right? None of this is new. Um, And make a concerted effort, create a more equitable world. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever that means, there's so many directions that can go in, you know? But I think the more that tighter we shut our eyes, the louder and more extreme it's going to get. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is exactly what is just bubbling underneath right now, right? Yeah. Is I think a lot of people are, this term is just so overused, but I don't know what else to use. Um, I think more and more people are waking up They are just like realizing that what we just like discussed right now, that it was not how it should be. Like, it's not fair how we manage life on a collective scale before the pandemic hit. And right now is just really the moment where everything is in the middle of changing. 
for it to hopefully be better after. But I think also still that it's not extreme enough. I think we're not there yet that it can really pivot, but I think we are on the way. Like I always have to think of last year, 2020 in May with George Floyd, that was like an extreme scenario, which should have never happened, obviously. But I guess it was necessary for some other people to wake up to this situation, to even understand of how extreme of a problem racism actually is, because there were still so many people not being able to see. And Mm. it really had to happen that so many people almost life were witnessing how a life was taken away from a black man by a cop and not by like a fearful reaction by a trigger mm-hmm. but actually physical action right so i think that 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 was a crazy extreme situation that really started a change and yeah, yeah i think this is this is these are like example this is an example of what needs to happen on a collective scale when it comes to more people, the masses waking up to that the government is not really our friend and helper. Yeah, I think um, much like, you know, there's this, there's this idea that everyone is programmed to an extent, everyone has been, uh, has experienced propaganda to an extent in every direction. And it's really which propaganda is tailor-made for you, right? So for me, when I was a kid, it was very much like pop music stars and boy Mm. bands and those things that really sucked me in and and kind of shaped my worldview. And everyone has their version of that, right? Mm. The thing that made them who they are, the piece of media that influenced them enough that they stepped away from themselves and became more like that thing. So I think the key in, in, you know, waking everybody up is that they need to find their seed that awakens them. It might not be the same thing for me as it is for yeah. you. Um, and I think that's really what it is, that you know, some people still have their illusion maintained because it hasn't started crumbling yet. But you know, I don't mean to be uh, fatalistic, but it will. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is not sustainable. So, And I also don't think that it's something that is supposed to be repaired. I think it's something that has to be restructured. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It definitely has to. And this is why I think it's it's so connected to this entire racism wave that came up again last year, because this is the point where people also started to understand. I mean, I'm seeing it out of the length of Germany. Obviously, I'm seeing a lot that is happening in the US as well. But Mm -hmm. I can only tell the story from this side. But I definitely saw a lot of people that were not so aware before this scenario, waking Mm -hmm. up to how extreme it actually is in America. Obviously, here we have our problems as well, but it's not as extreme as in the US. And I think at least a lot of people over here then started to understand how crazy fucked up it really is in the US and that it has to 
be a change within the system and not just pointing out specific people not yeah. reacting the way they should well these are all symptoms of a, of a singular problem in my opinion so mm -hmm. you know much like if you're sick and you just treat one symptom but not the actual issue you're placating yourself in one sense but you're still compensating for the lack everywhere else so we're pulled in all these directions you know um especially people who want to fight for a freer world, oftentimes we hyper-focus on issues and we don't see how it all plays into it, itself, right? We, when we think about racism, we think of it on the person-to-person -person level, mm -hmm. but not on the level of, like not on the systemic level of how, mm -hmm. you know, housing is very race-based and, and um, just the way that we break up our voting block is racially charged right mm -hmm. so we have to keep looking up and looking up and and we get so caught up in these day-to-day -day interactions of a person of a singular person in a place and not of the laws that allow these things to happen or even encourage racism and classism to thrive mm -hmm. it's so nuanced but at the same time it's so simple yeah. there there are systems in place meant to keep certain people oppressed and i think that's where we have to focus in the larger scale not you know because i feel like a um, divisive tactics are really good at wasting our energy because mm. then we can kind of use it all on our one issue on our one you know thing mm -hmm. and i think that once we can see that you know we could solve all the issues a lot more simply by all collectively kind of coming together and focusing on the disease and not the symptom. Yeah. I think that's where we need to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if you are aware, for example, one of the things that I just had to think of right now, like comparing Germany or Europe probably to the US is for example, when you go to the doctor, you never have to like state what race you are. It's not even on the paper. You don't have to set your cross. Wow. Yeah. It's not a thing here. That's amazing, actually. Yeah. So that, that was one of the first things when I found out about that. I was just like, why? When I was not aware of why that actually is the case. When I yeah. was younger, I was on a bilingual school and we like um, talked about um, the US a lot. And at some point I just found out about it or I just saw it in a movie or whatever. Yeah, then I actually asked my teacher back then because I was like, why is this actually happening? Like, why would they need to know about that when you go to the doctors? And he obviously was not able to really explain to me what I know now. But it was just like, for me, that was a thing that totally blew my mind because I grew up not like seeing that at all in this country. Wow, that's so interesting to me. And and the thing about the U.S. is we're so culturally insulated, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is just USA, USA, USA. We don't learn nearly enough about the rest of the world. And so I, I had no idea. I, I'd never even considered these things in other places until you mentioned it and how race relations are treated around the world. Wow, that's, that kind of blows my mind. That's so interesting to me because it's just such a part of yeah life. 
you know, that, that I'm used to of just, you know, checking these boxes and for everything, for standardized tests in school, for literally everything. Yeah. Your voting registration, if you, you know, partake in voting. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we don't even have to cross for a gender. We don't even have really? to pick a gender here. No. Hmm. Yeah. It's like, I uh, like that. Yeah, it's I definitely different here. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool because, you know, I think sometimes we use labels to uh, to other ourselves in a way. And I don't know if it's always necessary to hyperlabel. I was actually just talking about this today, about specifically with my beliefs. And I'm saying there's no, no ism that encompasses everything I believe because I think that that's very limiting to be in mm -hmm. the confines of a system in that way. So I think it's, it's almost like the less labels, the better, because we instead, we just compartmentalize ourselves in an attempt to, I don't know, be, feel free or express ourselves or be perceived in the way that we want. And I like the idea of a system where you can just be. Mm -hmm. I mean, we definitely also have our problems over here. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's sure. run by a government, so. Yeah. No. I mean, definitely. But yeah, that that that's definitely a thing where when I yeah, became aware of that and then also interacting with more people from the US and then visiting as well and just like seeing it for myself, I just realized that it definitely is a, a whole different life over here um, when it comes yeah. to like what kind of an impact it has on the system when you don't have to answer these kind of questions for everything mm. like it already like you said gives you a, like a, a little more of a possibility to feel free and just express who you are without being put in a box yeah well it, it ties into um you know marketing and industry too right because mm -hmm. when we are highlighting demographics you know like when when you write down these things, your race, your nationality, your age, your gender, that information is used to market to you, right? Just like when we use social media, uh, they use their tools to market to us better, as they, as they put it. I think, you know, it's really indicative of a country that is a business, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, that is a corporation. Um, of course, they would take the demographics of everyone so that they could sell you all the things that your demographic would want. We're all studied for this reason so that they can find the best ways to convince us that we need the thing that they made. Yeah, 100%. So Definitely. I mean, it's everywhere, right? Like this is also one of the more negative things when it comes to the internet, right? With all the algorithms and like mm -hmm. you being shown all of the things that you supposedly need just because you talked about it one time with a friend and then it shows up everywhere. It's it's scary. Like when when that started and I realized that this machinery is behind it and it's not coincidence that this is coming yeah. up right now like it really scared me it's insane we're literally paying for our own wiretaps yeah <laughs> we're choosing our wiretaps we like the nicest most aesthetically pleasing one but essentially yeah we're we're choosing to be wiretapped and we're choosing the cutest version of that for ourselves yeah and you know it's um it's crazy i you know i grew up kind of half in the internet 
world and half not like my childhood you know I didn't get introduced to the internet till I was maybe 12 11 or 12 um and it was just such it was so different you mm -hmm. know and, and there's a, a a generation of people who lived the same reality where they started out without the internet and then they kind of got thrust into it and uh, it was very different I can't imagine just growing up with this tech what that must feel like to just have it normal to you know be a baby and have your camera in your face and all this I don't know it's just always being seen we're like normalizing yeah. uh, having our lives on display always it's pretty crazy yeah 100% I mean the impacts you're already seeing it like they're so little like toddlers really trying to swipe a book you know because they this is what they see all the time it's it's yeah it's it's interesting but I always every time when I talk about these topics I have to think of the series Black Mirror because you know it's like, like it's it's been I don't know when the last season came out it's been maybe at least two years or so but like already back then even before pan the pandemic and before all of these things that are just like really starting to come to the surface more and more I was sitting there and talking to everyone saying like this is already happening you are aware of this right like this is not fiction what they are showing us there everything that you see on tv every movie every series that you see is basically already happening but there were so many people that obviously didn't believe me or yeah saying I'm crazy but of course it was it's like the matrix is a documentary black mirror is I, well. I just said this sentence today <laughs> the matrix I just said this sentence today and I it's so funny because when black mirror came out I was all over it I loved it it was like the vibe of, of media that I enjoyed this kind of like sickeningly you know not scary in like the horror movie sense but like truly terrifying and for some reason I really enjoyed it and then as soon as this hit I was like oh my god it happened yeah. Black Mirror came to us it's it's like the the interactive version now first they did the you know the last one they did the choose your own adventure one and now this is just the real life one but that episode in particular the social credit one I can't remember the name of it um but the one where the do you know one um yeah where the woman you know, was getting the points and she was losing all her points and, and she lost her social status in like the matter of a day because of her interactions with other people online. It's crazy. But we see it all the time. Maybe not as literally, but there are countries who have implemented a social credit system. Yes. Right. Facial yeah. recognition is a thing. You know, it, it, these aren't like a, uh, ideas or like crazy conspiracies. These are things that exist. Yeah. And you know, holding on so tightly to the idea of a better time in the past is not helping us see what's actually happening. And it, it's sometimes it feels like it's so funny. I was just watching The Matrix. I just for some reason I was like, I'm going to rewatch this. Mm -hmm. And the um, the character Cypher, the one who goes back into The Matrix, I was like, he's more dangerous than any agent because yeah. he sees what's happening and he chooses to go back. Yeah, that's horrifying. Mm -hmm. But I also see that energy around this too, where we, you know, piecemeal the world's problems because we choose not to see that the problem is way bigger yeah. and that if we address it, everything changes, right? We want to change 
just that we want to tweak the little parts that bother us, you know? I wish rent was cheaper. <laughs> I wish food was more natural. The same people control those things, Yeah. right? But we have to come to terms with the fact that if we're really, really going to change it for the betterment of everyone, it's got to come down. It's like, the, you know, it's a tower moment in our collective history. You know, we built this up on a faulty foundation and now it has to come down Yeah. so that we can rebuild. You know, and uh, I think that trying to love and light it away is not going to help, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. I love that. Yes. No, it's not 100% not. But this is exactly what I mean with it has to be extreme before something can change. Because with like asking for change and being like politely knocking on the door of the people that are controlling everything and asking yeah. for permission is not going to do anything. Well, there's a reason they tell you to go through the proper channels, right? Because within the system, the system is not built to dismantle itself. It's just to keep you in this hamster wheel of, I'm going to call this senator and I'm going to write this letter and I'm going to, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the system was not built for equity. You know, yeah. I mean, when we say things like it takes extreme measures, I would argue, isn't it extreme that we have more empty homes than we have houseless people? Isn't that extreme that we have all these vacant homes and all these people without homes on the street? Yeah, that's a little extreme, right? I would say it's extreme that all of us have consumed and continue to consume plastic. That yeah, I would say it's extreme that children are born with microplastics in their body. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, extreme, you know, that's relative. But how can how could we have let it get this far and not do anything now that we know there was a time that we couldn't know because the Internet wasn't here and all these things were hidden. And you had to go, like you said, to libraries and and contact people in, in official offices to get this paperwork. Now I can just go online and find it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's almost like you. I think it's a duty that we have as people who see. Mm -hmm. to use that site you know not to pry everyone's eyes open because that's not on us you can lead a horse to drink right but to do what we can to not comply with what we see as wrong yeah and not go through the motions of something that has never ever served us really 100 yeah i think the only thing that not the only thing, but one of the things that is so difficult right now is that even though we have the internet and are able to look for ourselves and get information that is not being taken through the filter of officials, is that there are still so many people brainwashed enough that they are believing as soon as information is not coming from the side of the officials, mm -hmm. it is not true. It is yeah. someone trying to lurk you into believing something that is not true. I mean, I see that all the time with trying to talk to my family about it. The older generations, obviously, talking about what I've been seeing. And every time I'm trying to like send over information where I'm like, well, this is so clear. It can't be any clearer. But then it is, okay, what's the source though? Yeah, I don't trust mm -hmm. that source. So like, and then I'm standing there, I'm like, okay, then I can't help you. Like, what am I gonna do about it, you know? 
And then it's the discussion of me saying, well, I don't trust the source that you are believing in. And then that's the end of the discussion, right? So that's, that's why I think, that's why I have so much hope and so much trust in the younger generation, because they are not raised on the official media and TV and getting their knowledge from there, but actually getting it from the internet. And that this is hopefully what change will bring. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think, you know, I'm, I've been in the same conundrum where I'm like, I really want to just point out certain things to people. And the thing is, it takes uh, a desire and ability to put pieces together, right? Yeah. I like to look at all these systems as like um, a tangled necklace, right? These chains all intertwine, mm. but they're still attached. They're still connected. So if I were to say, you know, it, the conversation has gone the same way with me and other people where it's like, you know, I send you this source and then they say, I don't trust that source. And then I say, you know, that six CEOs own all of the media in the US, right? So six people control everything that you see, hear and believe, right? All news sources, right, uh, left and right, six CEOs. And then I just asked a question like this. You don't think six people can come to an agreement together to only share certain information or to inflate other information? or to just flat out lie. You don't think six people can come together and come to that agreement, but it doesn't matter. You can't really force someone to see. And I think that yeah. was the biggest lesson of 2020 for me is how much time I'm wasting mm-hmm. spinning my wheels, you know, and, and everyone's entitled to believe what they, they want to believe too. And I had to come to terms with that. And the only way I could change people or not change, impact people, was to just go within and live what I say that I want. Yeah. Right. And that was the only way. And people, you know, when you say these things, people think it's selfish because it's like, well, it's all about you. No, I'm the only thing I have the power to change. Right. Why am I going to waste time trying to change you when you don't want to be changed? Forcing you to change is not going to make you the person that I want this world to be full of. Yeah. I want people to be critical thinkers. Right. And a lot of times I've noticed that people, you know, who when they first start to, quote unquote, wake up, they're very demanding of of information providers. They're Mm -hmm. very demanding of, well, send me this, send me this, send me this. But no, this path is not about being spoon fed like you used to be. It's about finding it and seeking it. Right. Because if not, we're just back where we started putting trust in someone else. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, when it clicked for me and I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll find the information I like and I'll speak my truth. And if people gravitate towards that, great. If people are pushed away from that, great. You know, you're finding what you need to find and I'm finding what I need to find. Yes. But I can't force you to believe something. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes that's painful. Yeah. 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 I mean, it definitely is painful, especially when it comes to your own family or close people right like you just like as soon like you also said like as soon as you are waking up it's like you want to gain all of that knowledge and all of that wisdom and at the same time as soon as you find out something new you want to want to share it with everyone that you love because you're just like so overwhelmed by this new information and you're like wow this is crazy this changes everything for me and like 
I don't know, turns my entire belief system upside down. I need to uh, share this with you. And then uh, you're talking to a wall because as soon as you even point out, like these are the six person that control everything, then the question that will come is like, yeah, where do you got that from? It's the same source that I'm not trusting in, right? So like you're just running in circles. But I think this is, the, this is basically why I wanted to have that chat with you because I love what you are doing. I love what, that you are able to, that you found your way of speaking your truth on the internet that has like, it's this double-sided sword, but you are there and just like really putting out your truth. And like you said, this is exactly how I feel when I see the interaction on your page as well. It's like, there's so many people being gravitated to it. And then there are others that don't. And that's exactly how it should be. And I was so grateful when at some point Imani, the hood healer that like pointed you out or shared something from you. This is how I found you. And I was like, wow, this is crazy because sometimes I have the time and I have the energy to like dig for myself and look for things. But here's this person that is just like spreading all of the knowledge that I'm interested in pretty much on a daily basis. And I like was just super happy to find you. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And I, you know, I remember that day pretty vividly um, because I think my, I don't know what I was doing, but I, I just looked at my phone and I'm like, what is happening? Like people are messaging me and I have followers and it, like things are, and then I saw the hood healers page and I was like, no way, no mm -hmm. way. Like, you know, I, I think that um, as a person who has often diminished themselves, right. I thought, I'm just posting because I have no memory on my phone left. So I, like, this is how I started this page. I had no wow. memory on my phone. Okay. And I was like, I got to save these videos somehow. <laughs> so I just posted them all. And um, I was private. I only had people who I knew in quote unquote real life on my page. And, and a friend of mine had asked me, you know, can you make your page public? And I said no for months. No, it happened. Mm -mm, I don't want to do that. Um, I don't want people outside of a certain group to know who I am or whatever. Very, I, I can be a little bit like secretive that way. Even, you know, you see, I don't put my face that much. I do lives now a little bit, but before that, I think there were months where nobody really knew what I looked like or mm -hmm. anything. Um, and so when she shared it, I was like, oh my God, I, I can't believe this. I'd been following Imani for so long. And it was like this wave of, realization that oh there are people out there who are interested in the same things you are you know the varied things there's so many things and um it's helped me tremendously just in my morale my ability to traverse the world right now you mm -hmm. know because just like you said about your family it's hard to find your people on the outside right now and I don't mean to sound like a prisoner when I say that <laughs> I mean, on the outside of the internet. And so to build these communities is like invaluable because yeah. who knows what's going to come of it. I'm so, I'm so beyond thrilled that I connected with you too, because I mean, a few months back, we had this really great chat and DMs and you like introduced me to human design and it, you know, it's just so cool to have these conversations with people who mm -hmm. frankly, on the outside, I really never met anyone who was interested in anything I'm interested in. Yeah. So it's pretty dope. I, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful.
Yeah. Imani is just sharing so many information in general, so much information, but then also so many pages that I started following because I just agree with so much that she is saying and that she is sharing. And uh, yeah, your profile was one of them. And I'm just super, again, yeah, super grateful because there's so many gems that you are like posting there. Like it's, it's literally every day I'm seeing something. I'm like, thank you. This is just so on point. Like it's so much, it's not necessarily always like new information, but the way it is like brought together and made digestible for me to understand it in a quick way also and just like having new revelations after like watching some of your posts and stuff so that's um I love that and this is this is the one of the things that I love about the internet because yeah conversations like these happen and then like over I don't know how many what kind of distances right it's like from the US to Germany and we chatted about human design that's a, that's the great thing about the internet right yeah. we would have probably never met in our life you know and this is how it happens and that's that's great because that also just shows you that community can be everywhere and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be even physical it can only be in this in this little square of our phones and it still works right so um yeah it's like um super intense and super interesting and it helped me tremendously to be on track with all of the things that i want to know and go deeper you know i love that and i, I think it's you know it's so indicative of the magic that comes with intention right we we can look at our social media and we can be brought down by it or we can be uplifted by it. And yeah. it's really the intention that we put in. And if, you know, for years, my intention was I need to find my people. I need to find my tribe because I felt for years that I was just wearing this mask that I was ready to take off, you know, mm -hmm. this mask that I thought was necessary to make it in the world. And I, I feel like it's just this divine thing that I can, talk to someone in Germany from the US instantaneously yeah. and connect like you know when you think about the nuances of this world and this existence however you look at it sometimes I look at it like the video game mm -hmm. and the path you cross how the universe allows those connections to be made right and I feel that every interaction I have is divinely meant to happen for either party right because sometimes someone will send me a message and I'm like, you are the universe right now. You're the universe speaking to me through this human form. And like the, the thing that you said is just what I needed. Yes. And it just like, it sends chills down my body. My whole, my whole body is, you know, buzzing because I'm mm -hmm. like, Oh, I'm, I'm interacting with the divine. Yes. Meanwhile, I'm looking at Instagram, you know, but it's the intention. And if I go in with an open mind and heart every day and hope to make connections and then I do I have to say you know my intention guided me there because the universe heard me and it doesn't there are the, the barriers that we thought existed before don't exist anymore with the internet mm -hmm. so if you use this to expand I mean we're ever expanding yeah you know so I you and and when I look at timelines I saw a video recently that said you know they use the word timeline on purpose because everything you consume you're jumping into that reality so if you're very intentional about the timeline you're jumping into, you're creating a new reality for yourself every day. Yes. 
I mean, it's every decision that you make, right? Every decision creates two timelines, potential timelines. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many people not really seeing it that way, not being aware of that, that this is actually every decision has the potential to change your life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're not no. seeing it yet, but maybe yeah. soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like more and more people are seeing it. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I have a lot of trust. Definitely. It's, it's also interesting to just, I'm, I just, I don't know. I've never said the sentence as much as I've been saying it since the pandemic hit. I'm so grateful to be living in this period of time right now to be able to witness this change yeah. so yeah i'm grateful for so for all of the detours that in the first place just seem like oh come on people open your eyes yeah. but still it's like it's part of the process and i know myself when i look back on my journey my quote unquote spiritual journey when i started waking up to to more things how yeah there were so many detours and I had to like wake up to one thing several times to really be like okay now I understood it and now I can make different choices right so on a collective level obviously this takes a little longer and um yeah I'm, I'm grateful to be able to witness it and um yeah this is definitely like Instagram as much as it can be a tool that sucks you in and takes the time out of your hand at the same time it has so much potential to to build connection and community like mm -hmm. this is literally my fourth podcast recording with like the fourth person that I got introduced to because of the hotila because she was sharing that yes because I'm like this is insane like I these people I feel so gravitated to these people that she is just sharing with her community, which I'm part of, that I wanted to have a conversation with these people because I have the feeling that just from watching them on their platform, like sharing what they consciously want to share, I already feel so expanded and mm -hmm. I want to go deeper than that. So I actually want to have a conversation with that person if that person obviously is open for it. So I'm su super, super grateful that until now, every person said yes to talk to me on this podcast. So it's amazing. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. That's, and, and it really goes to show the impact of a person, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, uh, when I first started on this kind of path, I guess, I think it started from young and then it paused for a little bit because I jumped into the matrix and thought mm -hmm. I could, you know, make something of myself within that system. And then I realized, oh, I don't actually like participating in this system, even if I can't quote unquote make it. And it kind of all hit at once. This, you know, just like everyone says, it starts with a huge thing mm -hmm. that kind of shatters your world. Mm -hmm. And Imani was one of the first people that I really really listened to and learned a lot from and resonated with me from a really you know from a long time and um she says something that i say all the time now that i just think all the time it's like observe don't absorb yes and i think that's how we're able to beat this game have enough detachment that we see everything that's going on we're not deluded we're not covering our eyes but we're not so heavily invested in it because we're not 
of the world. She says it too. I'm, I'm in the world. I'm not of it. And that's so freeing because we don't have to define ourselves by these confines. And it's, it's amazing how one person can kind of guide people so much on this path. And she's in, she is so inspiring because, you know, if, if you follow her, you know that she gets her fair share of naysayers and yeah. And she just powers through it. And she, with grace and this with strides, she just moves forward and continues to share her truth, which resonates with, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people, Yeah, you know? And so if she can do that and deal with that much criticism, you know, then it should be inspiring to everyone else to speak their truth too, because what's really going to happen? Yeah. You know, why hide? If we hide, then the people who are spread, you know, the, the creators of the illusion win if we hide. Exactly. Yeah. We, we, we fuel it by hiding this is how how we are being part of it right when we're closing our eyes and not trying to step up and speak our truth 100 percent. i mean that was also a a hell of a journey for me to start speaking my truth like i literally had physical um, issues with my throat in these years where i was not speaking my truth like it was extreme and since i'm like i had uh, anginas coming up like up to three times every winter that I had to take antibiotics to just cope and then I started speaking my truth and that was the last time I had an angina was in 2017 and that was the point where I really started to like step out of it and say no like this is not me and I'm I'm going to be a different person now and I never had to take antibiotics again since then so yeah it's like this is just for me still one of the biggest things I was able to left behind. And it's actually so easy. You just have to be you, right? It's just this fear that we have to let go of to be able to really step outside and be you unapologetically wherever you are in front of whoever you are and at all times. And this is how you step out of the matrix, I think. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's not just like you said earlier, how you had to, you know, learn, learn the same lesson multiple times. It's the same thing here, right? We're always fighting with, well, is my authentic self, is it safe to be my authentic self? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be palatable enough, right? We have all these things in our mind. And once we realize that, you know, becoming yourself is not a building thing, it's releasing things. Yes. Right. You become yourself by letting go of the programming that be, that made you wear this mask that you wear, right? And sometimes we get we associate so deeply with the mask that it feels like we're dying, you mm-hmm. know? And we're just coming back home. Yes. And it's so and I'm not 100% home yet, you know, I might just be on the porch, but <laughs> it's still freer than I've ever felt. Yes. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think like you also, I think you you mentioned that at some point also in this conversation is like, uh, oh, yeah, it's when you said that your belief is changing the entire time, because it's a life's journey, or it's it's a soul life's journey. It's not just mm-hmm. this lifetime where we are waking up to new things, and maybe even multiple times, right? So it's we are ever changing beings. And this is how we are just getting closer to to 
come home, right? It's it's an unbecoming more than mm-hmm. it is in the becoming. This is why I love human design so much because in human design, like literally what you're seeing in the body graph is this is your 100% energetically correct, authentic self. Mm. And when you like get a chart reading, you understand where you are not really playing out these energies in your life therefore there are your conditionings because like black and white you have your authentic self right there energetically and when I like go through it reading a person questions are coming up where I'm like do you feel that way or not and when that person says yes then I know okay there's a potential conditioning let's go deeper there and see you know, how you are able to like rid yourself of it, unbecoming instead of becoming, right? And yeah, it's like, this is human design is, is crazily interesting. And we know that as children, the younger we are, the closer we are to our authentic self, right? So this is why it's so interesting that the older we get, the more we just have to remind ourselves who we were when we were children because this is how we actually who we actually really are and we just have to get closer back to that person to that energy and this is what human design helps with so um this is why I like fell in love with this and if I remember correctly you're a projector right no I don't remember I know that I that there is a martyr heretic yeah I don't know if that's yeah that, that's the profile yeah but that that's also makes a lot of sense but I, I think you were a projector because it makes a lot of sense with what you are doing on your platform because projectors are here to really project back onto society what is not working mm. this is part of what projectors are here for and then the martyr heretic the heretic is like the mirror to society as well so you even have this energy double in your chart so like you really just project back onto people like no no this is not working like look at this right but then at the same time as projectors also you need the invitation the invitation from other people before you are able to share your wisdom so what you said when you when you were saying that you realize that you can't wake up everyone and then started to just sharing your truth and see who gravitates to it and who doesn't that's exactly a hundred percent energetically correct for a projector by just you being you and sharing it and people are actually giving you the invitation by starting to follow your page and then consuming your content I never really thought of it that way but it makes a lot of sense and I've always it's so funny because I've always played this role where, ah, okay, yeah, I'm a, right. I'm a projector. I just yeah. confirmed because we had a conversation and I just had to confirm. Um, I had to. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I get it. I was like, I had the, the itch. I had to know. I've always been this person and I've gotten in so much trouble throughout my whole life mm. because I question everything in school yeah. at every job I went to. I would just point out the things that like made no logical sense to me. Yes. 
and uh, I've gotten in so much trouble from grade school to grad school. I've gotten in trouble. I've been sent to deans just because I question and, and, you know, voice what's wrong with something. But when you get met with endless, well, that's the way it is. Yes. That kind of taught me, oh, you know, it's actually going to be fruitless to just point it out. Mm -hmm. I just have to live as if these things don't exist or not as if they don't exist, but I, I have to live with the rebellious nature that can't get rid of it's, it's can't hide it. I've tried. Uh, and it makes me miserable, physically ill. Yes. You know, I can't say what I need to say. I get, it it makes me sick inside, you know, and, and there's a certain point that I get to where I'm like, you know what, if I get in trouble, I get in trouble, whatever trouble means, Mm -hmm. right? All my life, I've been this person <laughs> where to everyone, to anyone who would listen, be like, well, this is wrong. This makes no sense. Why would they do it like this? Mm-hmm. The tiniest thing. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we approaching things in this, um, I don't know, non-productive or pr- impractical way, impractical word I'm looking for. Yeah. You know, and then I started to realize, oh, it's on purpose right? Because the more people are confused and and busied by society and all these responsibilities, the less likely they're going to have the energy to look up and see Mm -hmm. what's happening. But I still can't help it. I I love the kind of term projector because that's what it feels like, Yeah. where I'm just screaming from the rooftops like, hey guys, (laughs) this makes no sense. Yes, 100%. And what you just said, like that you were always that person, even as a child, that's a very common thing for projectors and a very common conditioning and challenge for projectors is that they unlearn to trust themselves because as children being like told that to shut up, you know, you're not allowed to say that I'm the adult here. I know better than you. And you are as a projector really good at seeing patterns and seeing through things and seeing how you can better things. You are really here to show humanity how to be more efficient in things as well. So chances are very high that you had that ability already when you were a child, seeing like when things were not going the way that makes sense, that are logical. And then when you were speaking up about it, you probably heard from adults like, oh, this is not for you to say, this is not for you to decide, shut up, whatever. And this just creates the feeling of mistrust into your own intuition. And this is how you lose the ability to trust yourself, lack of self-awareness, lack of self-trust, all of these things can like result out of it. So yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the biggest challenges and conditionings that projectors have just really because of the ability that they have. It's crazy. That is so spot on for me. I mean, I grew up in a in a family where there was an unspoken thing of children are to be seen and not heard, right? Mm. And this is a very old, old-timey kind of um, mindset. And it wasn't as, as extreme as, you know, when my parents were growing up, how they really couldn't say anything. But there was this unspoken of like, why are you speaking with the adults? Why are yeah. you in this area with us? Yeah. Go do kids stuff or whatever. But it's so funny because as children, a lot of the times we're so heavily controlled. You can't choose your haircut. You can't choose your food. You can't choose your clothing. You can't choose the classes you want to take. And then you turn 18 and now you have to choose. Now you have to make the right choice. 
So yeah. of course we don't trust ourselves, you know? And I, and I mean, for people who grew up with that experience where we were never given the leeway to make the mistakes and choices as a child because it was so imperative that we make the right choice, which implies that there's a wrong choice. Mm-hmm. So then as an adult, it took me so long to feel like, like my life was mine, right? Mm-hmm. I'm still overcoming this feeling of, you know, I want to make this big life choice, but what will my mom say? Yes. <laughs> you know? And um, it's totally right. It's a lack of trust. And I have to consciously tell myself every choice you make is the right one. Like this is an affirmation I have to tell myself frequently because yes. I have so much trouble making choices. Yeah. And um, wow, yeah, that's spot on. It was like you jumped into my childhood and was like, here you go. <laughs> Here's everything you ever went through. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's really common. It's it's crazy because I'm a manifesting generator and generators and manifesting generators, like they make up 70% of the population and project is about, I think, 15 or so. But projected are very, um, they gravitate to generators and manifesting generators because generators like generate energy and projectors like jump on that energy to like mm-hmm. piggyback kind of a little. So like they, I have a lot of, what I'm just trying to say is I have a lot of projector friends because they naturally feel gravitated to me. And I see that a lot in, in every projector that this is, and then also from the readings that I'm giving, obviously, when I have projectors, everyone can relate to this when they are projectors. It's crazy. Wow. This yeah. makes me want to learn everybody's human design. When I, I got into astrology, oh my God, it's like, I, I love these tools that we have been given. I look at them as like cheat codes of, you know, yes. this, sim- you know this matrix simulation or whatever yes. you want to call it. I feel like these are little manuals, you know, when, when you, um, when you see the explorer go into the cave and they find the ancient text, I feel like these are those tools. Mm-hmm. And so amazing because now I'm thinking about everyone I've ever gravi- gravitated towards because it's a very energetic pull. It's yes. not a conscious thing. It's yeah. not like, oh, I want to attach myself to this person, but there is like a, like a magnetic kind of pull that I have to certain people. And astrologically, I noticed that I gravitate to a lot of Geminis. Hmm. And it took me a long time to learn this because when I got into astrology, I was like, I know everybody's chart. I have to know. <laughs> Tell me. And when you. people would say, you know, I'm a Taurus. I'm like, yeah, but you're more than that. Tell me all of it. <laughs> and um, it's, it's, I just love diving into these things. And um, God, I have, to, I have to learn more about human design. It's fascinating. Yeah. It is fascinating. I mean, I love it. Like my favorite thing to do is reading family charts because there I get to see the dynamics between the ones like you know the different energy types and then sometimes like for example I had a reading with like a mother child reading and then there's a thing that is called incarnation cross which like speaks on your purpose and there are like 585 different incarnation crosses so 585 different ones that anyone can have and the mother and the child had uh, not the same one but there's also something like sometimes there are subconscious and conscious energies that you can have in human design and the child had two energies of the incarnation cross that are subconscious and the mother had the same ones but they were conscious so that just makes me like believe that the soul of this little child decided to have this person this soul as their mother because she has these energies conscious and the child subconscious. So the mother Mm -hmm. can help the child to understand these two energies. 
that isn't is that so insane profound oh my gosh so crazy and i love that idea that we choose to be here right I, I know that a lot of times we lament and say things like you know well i didn't ask to be born and you mm -hmm. know i could see that argument too but a lot of times i think well why would i choose to be here at this time what's coming and sometimes that keeps me going and a lot of people might say you know that's the delusion that comes with faith or whatever because mm. you know there are people who, who don't um have faith in that sense yeah. but although i would argue that everyone has faith it's just some people you know name that faith something more mundane mm -hmm. whatever that's another conversation um but i think about it a lot like why did i choose to come here because when i think about my family dynamic and and how i tie in with them and these feelings that I've always had of being kind of an outsider, uh, even in my own immediate family, in a lot of ways, it's um, it, it's fascinating because I imagine this higher version of myself, like you know, it's just remote control, like I can't wait till you get to this part, and yes. it just feels very much like a story-based game. And I played The Sims a lot as a teen, so mm -hmm, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, that's how I see it. Yeah, and. I'm like, what is my sim going to do today? Why is my sim feeling like this? Yeah. Um, and that detachment helps me tremendously. Yeah. I mean, this is also what I believe in 100%. I think every soul decided for every lifetime that they are going. I also believe in reincarnation. And I believe that the soul is just like, okay, there's this one specific experience that I want to make. And this one specific learning that I like this lesson that I want to learn. And how do I do that? okay, let me see, like, I choose this kind of lifetime, I choose this person as a mother, I choose this person as a father, and I choose this, these challenges, because this will get my avatar, and in the end, my soul to understand this specific thing that I want to learn. And this is also what human design is based on, like, it's, it's a very, um, very young system, it's just from 87, the guy actually it's been yeah it's been said that the guy channeled it from a higher being and they also say or he said that the soul is actually deciding for all of these circumstances in your life so you are able to get rid of all of these layers like first of all you are authentically yourself and then you're going through this journey of getting all of these layers put upon you mm. and you choose all of the challenges in your life. So you get triggered. So one after another, you can lay off these layers again. So it is so imprinted in your soul, in your blueprint, that when you are then dying and like leaving this physical realm again, you are then a step further in your soul's evolution because you actually learned that specific lesson that you wanted to learn i love that i love it because it um so i, I talk about this with my husband all the time <laughs> we're always talking about uh, our incarnations and the universe and he describes it as like a a universal washing machine. I mean, our podcast is called Universal Laundry because of this, you know, kind of concept that we've talked about. And he kind of describes it as the same way as reincarnation is, you know, your soul is going into this cosmic kind of cycle and you pick up pieces of other souls because you're everything and everything is you kind of thing. And uh, when you're kind of taken back out of the washing machine for the next incarnation, you have these new challenges because you have these new elements that you get from the other souls in this same kind of cosmic recycling 
plants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, fascinating. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to look at life as a goal-driven thing, you know, because I know that that's a very kind of Western mindset to be, to mm-hmm. have a, a, an end goal. But I think that you're right. And we do choose a lot of these challenges. And some people might say that's insensitive. And I get that. I understand, I kind of understand everyone's arguments for things. So I get that how it can be perceived as insensitive, but I think that we are here to kind of hit certain checkpoints. Yeah. You know, just like when you play a video game and you're like, okay, my objectives for this time around is to, you know, get this achievement, this achievement, this achievement. And um, if we approach it, I think in that with, you know, that underlying playfulness, it allows us to see the wonder that exists here, right? Yeah. You know, it's so easy to see the bad and everything, you know, bad. But there's so much amazing stuff that we can create, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I think once people realize that we actually have the technology and the uh, resources to have a perfect world right this moment, if we wanted to, you know? Yes. And I think that is a reason enough to be hopeful and to enjoy the wonder of the world, despite what's happening. And I think joy is really the biggest rebellion. A hundred percent. I love that. Yes, I agree. It really is. And it's it's what you pretty much said in the beginning as well. Like you choose how how you want every day of your life to be played out pretty much. Like you have the ability to co-create with the universe what's happening for you, right? So, yeah, despite of everything that is happening, you always have the possibility and the chance to make it better for you on each and every day. Like Imani is always saying, if you have a breath, you have options. That's exactly what it is, right? Like you have choice. And, you know, it's not perfect or easy always, you know, there are some days where I actually want to feel bad and I want to seek the bad in things and And that's part of this kind of huge spectrum of humanity, you know? And once we realize that we're playing off of each other and bouncing off of each other, and that sometimes a lot of the energy that you're feeling is not even yours, right? That's what we came here for, to experience the perfection in imperfection. Yes. We get so bogged down with, you know, I need to have my routine perfect. If not, I'm a failure. If, you know, I need to see see the joy in every day. If not, I'm a failure. Yes. Just, it's a ride. go along for the ride if you feel bad one day it's okay yeah you know with this kind of um gentleness that you would give a child who is learning things this is why i feel like uh unraveling and becoming yourself like you said going back to childhood which also means treating ourselves with the gentleness that we would of a child you know i would never work with a child and yell at them for crying mm-hmm. it's okay to be sad yes. <laughs> you know, it's okay it's okay to feel hopeless sometimes and it's okay to feel worthless and it'll make those moments when you feel hopeful way sweeter exactly we're here to experience sensations that we can't experience in an ethereal body and sometimes those sensations are not pleasant but some of them are intoxicating yeah you know and uh and i say this i feel like i say this as my higher self because in the moment me as tabby you know, there are days where I cry all day. Yeah. <laughs> there are days where I'm like, I don't even want to be here anymore. I'm done with this. And um, 
being open enough and detached enough to remind myself how you chose to be here and have fun with it. And the day that it's meant and it will end. Yes. Don't rush it. Exactly. Yeah, it's an entire spectrum of feelings that we can experience and every single one of them is valid and every single one of them needs to be felt mm. to understand life. It's, it's just yeah. part of it, yeah. And I love that idea that, you know, we are the universe experiencing itself, right? Mm -hmm. Because how can we experience every possibility of sensation if we don't play every role? Exactly. You know? So we're playing our roles. We're learning about ourselves in the process of the greater self, ourself, you know, um, and that's amazing. And when we, you know, unplug from this game and see ourselves as the player of the game, that'll be even more amazing. Yeah. It's, existence can be pretty cool, although, you know, there are times when it's scary. I just think of it as, you know, not real anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, real anyway. this this uh, game analogy. Um, I always have to think of Super Mario when I'm when I'm making this right. Like I think it just makes so much sense because sometimes you're just walking around and something happens in your life and you get bigger. You feel better about yourself. Like you have more abilities. You learn something, and then next like around the next corner you're just bumping into something and you get small again because it makes you feel small like this is just what super mario just like really is about pretty much and um yeah and like it always made so much sense to me when i was like when i came to that realization that life is pretty similar to this i love that i mean i played super mario all the time as a kid i love super mario me too. um and I, I just love that it's the mushroom that makes him feel bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because plant medicine has been integral in my journey. It's not integral in everyone's. Uh, that's so valid, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so many parallels and there's meaning. You know, I think there could be meaning everywhere you look for it. Yeah. Because if we think about a hologram, right? The entire contents of a hologram exists in every cell of the hologram. Mm -hmm. So we're meant to find meaning everywhere because it all exists in every cell of it. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's, it's mind blowing to think about, but just the tiniest, you know, the tiniest piece of wood contains within it all of this hologram. Yeah. And um, it's, uh, it makes things funny. It makes things beautiful. And it makes things like, I don't know, it, it helps me see the world in a way that, allows me to exist without mm -hmm. feeling bad for being who I am because I think you know a lot of this world is run on us being made to feel bad for being who we are mm -hmm. and that sucks like yeah. I grew up feeling bad about myself and I, I know people are still feeling bad about themselves now when they shouldn't be yeah definitely I mean for me also plant medicine is definitely a thing in my life that also helped me to be able to see <sighs> without this filter of the matrix sometimes and be able to see connections that I'm sometimes not seeing. So it's definitely a helper in life that I'm super yeah. grateful for. And 
yeah, definitely also a thing that helped me to rid myself of certain fears of failing, of not being good enough, of not being what others expect of me to be, or more so understanding that the only person that I have to make proud is myself, mm. right? The only person that I have to stand up to and I don't know, feel worthy of, of being who I am is myself. Yeah. Love that. And it's so true. It's, it's almost like having this conversation with your higher self when you're in that yes. state. And um, I've, you know, I've come to the most profound and the most tiny realizations. And um, <laughs> yes. it, it just allows you to be just detached enough. And mm. I think that, you know, uh, there are lots of studies that are um, using plant medicine for uh, conditions like PTSD. Yeah. And I understand why. Yeah. Because you really step out of yourself in a way that is necessary to objectively see the problem. It's such an amazing tool. So sorry yeah. to cut you off. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just helps you to step out of this persona, persona that was built because of all of the conditionings, all of the layers that we put it on because of society, right? And in that moment, you're just able, it's just like really like an onion. You are able to just like, get rid of the layers that hold you back of who you really want to be. And in these moments, when you're in that state, you have a glimpse of that higher self of yourself that you can actually be and that you inherently also are when you are able to fully get rid of these layers. And yeah, it's just, it's just a glimpse into, into seeing yourself, the person you actually also really want to be. And I think that gives, gives you the possibility to believe that it's possible to become that person again or to unbecome everything to get back to being that person. Yeah. Sometimes it's, I mean, just to go back to the video game thing, sometimes it's just pressing pause on the game. It's an opportunity to stop everything and look at things from new eyes mm -hmm. and, you know, get messages that you need. If you go on with that intention, of course, you know, um, I think intention makes all the difference for everything we do. So it's, uh, in my experience, it's been a wonderful opportunity for me to just step outside and, and understand not just myself, but the universe, mm -hmm. you know, and to understand like one of my, um, one of the biggest images that's come to me in these times is, you know, I imagine my, like, out of my brain coming this huge branch right and then I was attached to this big universal tree and everybody else around me was a branch mm. like oh it, it just made me understand things in this profound way like oh we're all the same thing even though we're individuals right now the root system we're all connected to it it really allowed me to approach people with more patience mm -hmm. and less worry because I realized that everyone is seeing everyone else through the lens of their own experience mm -hmm. so much like you know you get to see how much people project onto you mm -hmm. and what you trigger in other people and once you realize that nothing is actually about you it's about them it makes it a little easier mm -hmm. you know again not perfect <laughs> but just having that bit of like knowledge and understanding helped me so much yeah 
Yeah, same. And then also, as soon as you are still being triggered by them projecting onto you, that just means you're projecting onto them. And that, again, makes you realize that you are part of the same branch (laughs) at some length, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, life is crazy. It's so, so interesting. And yeah, I love these realizations. And that's why I love this podcast. That's why I love these kind of conversations. And that's why I named it like-minded because it's just, yeah, so profound for me to have these kind of conversations and seeing that people on the other side of the planet are seeing things similar than I do. And that that also just makes me understand and realize once again that we are all connected, even though we are not even on the same continent, right? It's amazing. It is. And it's, you know, it lends to that idea of instead of trying to wake people up to just live your life. So Mm -hmm. if one part of the branch is kind of healing and gaining strength, the rest of it is affected. So the work that you do for yourself does affect the collective because we're all the same thing. Yes. And um, that's kind of, you know, it's, it's beautiful because in these connections that we're making, right, we're amplifying this amazing intention that we have to change the world for the better. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so imperative to be kind of solid in yourself too because how can we exist in a new amazing world if we're not prepared for it? Yes. Um, it's in these connections they're they're so eye-opening because you know you learn so much from people and just having a conversation like this is going to like you know make the rest of my day better Mm -hmm. just because we have this exchange of energy that's so light and and you know pure and uh I feel like these are the moments that life is about Mm -hmm. just beautiful interactions and nice conversations and eye-opening realizations and feeling like you can change the world so it's, it's kind of making me understand what you're saying about design about how projectors are gravitated because mm-hmm. it does feel like this amplification of energy this like mm. resonance that we're creating it's so cool yeah no it is it really is oh i mean i, I could continue talking for hours but i think that was a pretty nice way of of ending this conversation i love that like everything kind of felt like it came together yeah amazing thank you so much for your time oh thank thank you you for having me oh thank you thank you for sharing your vibe thank you for sharing your light thank you for sharing the knowledge that you're sharing on instagram really i'm not just saying that definitely in my top 10 favorite instagram accounts that i'm following oh gosh (laughs) thank you so much that means a lot to me really yeah no thank you thank you again for being here thanks for that conversation and i hope you're having a great day yes you as well or a great evening for you but thank you to everyone listening and this has been a blast this has been such a blast 